Hello, hey, hi. <clears throat> Welcome back to Monocycle, a weekly 10-minute podcast brought to you by Man Repeller, hosted by me, Leandra Medine. I'm sitting here with Leslie, our editorial director. You might remember her from an episode that we aired earlier this year about the backlash to the Marc Jacobs show and the cultural appropriation pertaining to the dreadlocks that were used in the September show. You also might recognize her name from the site. She often writes about wellness being over and the rules of Sweet Green, which is a very fancy and famous salad shop down the block from our office. Anyway, we've been having a lot of conversations in our daily one-on-ones about the way in which content and edit is changing. And Leslie obviously has more experience than I do because she's been doing this for how long? Oh... She's been doing edit mostly, well, not really mostly on the internet, but for the last, like, eight, nine years... On the internet. ...has been working on the internet. And the way in which content is changing right now is remarkable because it's happening so quickly and there's no... There's really no time to to grab the rug that's underneath you. It's like constantly being pulled out from under us. Yeah, we were talking about this after the election because it felt like we were watching in real time as people processed emotions and we were watching in real time uh, the evolution of how people were responding online with content and uh, I think that's a great example of what we're seeing just in general with content which is people really wanting more out of their content Mm -hmm. Uh, and we were talking about this in terms of personal essays because I had dropped a link in our group slack about a piece that ran in the New Yorker online about the personal essay boom being over. Which is a very, very scary headline for a website like Man Repeller that deals a ton in personal narrative. And the the gist of the piece and the, her thesis was that personal essay was a way for content to be spun up very quickly and in that business model people were being exploited and not being paid a lot of money and it was very sensational and it denigrated the medium she talks about how she still believes in the personal essay but like people just really need to be treated better and editors need to take more time with it and we can't just be so eager to share painful things online because it gets to a point where it's it just doesn't feel right right well the the problem in my opinion, is that the origin of the personal essay was really facilitating the pulling out of a page from a person's diary and sharing a very real, very raw story that is perhaps relatable. And with content farming, what we're talking about really is a personal essay for the sake of a click. Yes. And so, of course, that boom was bound to end, right? It's like a Ponzi scheme in many ways. Yes, and it's not fair for the writers, and it's not actually that fair for the editors because Mm -hmm. they're just a cog in that process but I mean the the thing that we've talked about is the fact that I do think that personal narrative is still incredibly powerful and I don't think we've run out of stories to tell I just think that the medium needs the care and attention it deserves right well and it's just become so exhausting to read about now because we're so used to seeing the stories and so even if a really heartfelt really stunning piece yes comes across your browser yes you 
you're compelled to roll your eyes because you kind of feel like I've heard this. Yeah. Or like, how many more times am I going to read I in a headline? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think there is a little bit of exhaustion with the with like the feeling that we're all inside our heads mm-hmm. and there is this idea of wanting to connect um, in a different way, but. You know, I get that, and I think we're doing more reported stuff because we want to offer that. Um, And that's what feels refreshing right now. Yeah, that you actually take the time and the work uh, to make sure that you're presenting journalism. But, like, the thing I always go back to is there's upsides and downsides to the personal narrative. I mean, it is your story, and your, your experience is your own, and that's why you can speak to it so clearly but on the other hand we don't want to have experience fatigue where we're just presenting the same experience and that's the other part that's challenging about personal essays they're a great on-ramp for writers who haven't been published a lot Mm -hmm. but you can't churn out a ton of personal essays as one person like you want to continue to find new voices and new stories so it's challenging yeah that's definitely true you mentioned a couple of minutes ago that in the wake of the election, what you were finding is that people wanted more from their stories. What do you mean by that? I know that we talk about it all the time, but sometimes even I don't get it. So there was like a trend of hot takes uh, in media for a while, which was like something would happen and then people would immediately respond Mm -hmm. as quick as possible and like the speed was of the essence. And I think- Like essentially just read the headline and respond. Yeah, and I think that after the election, there was a little bit more soul searching and people wanted to dig a little bit deeper and offer something that provided more context. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that work takes a little bit longer. So you might not get it up the same day. It might take an extra day. Uh, And I think now what we're seeing is people are really, really tired of um, reporting that feels like it's not based in anything um, that's scientific or data driven or um, is sourced properly and is just based on emotion or um, inclinations or hunches Mm -hmm. like that that you can have hunches but like if you're actually reporting out a story we have a story coming out about tampons and you know we wanted to speak to doctors because we didn't want to just say natural is good it's just not enough anymore. Yes. Whereas it was, the era of the hot take was probably really deeply imbued with the rise of the blogger. Yes. Where, yeah, the internet was still so voyeuristic. The internet, people take for granted the fact that the internet very recently became establishment. Like yes. It has only become the primary means and mode with, through which we gather our news in an acceptable way. Right. The internet has challenged the times and a lot of magazines because there are publishers now with bigger budgets that can get great writers that can spend time on stories and that used to be the domain of print journalism and now the internet is offering that but I mean what we've seen is when people get all of their news from the internet that can also be problematic. What do you feel like has been the most challenging aspect of maintaining our site in the wake (laughs) of the election? I think that because it all feels so intensely emotional mm-hmm. and because the conversation shifts so quickly, figuring out like what to cover and how to cover it and how to cover it with authority has been very challenging. Uh, we didn't want to tip over into like full-on politics, right? but we also don't want to 
live in a world away from what reality is and you know we exist in this world alongside everyone else and we have our own experiences with it and by virtue of the fact that we're women we are also walking political statements whether we want to be or not yeah and so it's challenging because we don't have a full-time politics person on staff Mm -hmm. and the people who are experts in those fields are busy um there's a lot for them to cover but like Mm -hmm. every single day there's multiple headlines and i think a lot of people are scrambling to figure out what makes sense what's responsible um, what feels right for their brand and like we're a brand that covers a lot of um, stories that are told by women but like we aren't necessarily a political site and so how to feel true to what we do and to our readers and our brand identity without just ignoring things my definition of media is anything that makes you feel and when I think about what Man Repeller is at its core it's really this place that makes women but also just people feel less misunderstood and I think that's why we're always talking about like sex in the city because that show did that for a ton of people yeah and there's it's it's really hard to figure out I mean right now the medium through which we are making people feel less alone is media but if that changes it changes And so it's really hard to figure out why we're covering what we're covering without explicitly seeing how it charts back to feeling less misunderstood, right? Yeah. Because it is still a business, right? We do still have to make ends meet. Yep. I don't know. But so do you think that the personal essay is really suffering? I think that the content model that relies on only personal essays is mm-hmm. done. I don't think personal essays are done. And I, like, I'll go back to the fact that, like, I do think there's some, so many stories that, like, we just haven't even heard yet. Like, it continues to be surprising when we get pitches, and I'm like, this is a great story. I haven't mm-hmm. read this story. But we strive for all of our content to be very personal, but it doesn't have to be personal essay format. And on that note, I have to go finish a story. Thanks for listening. Bye. Say bye. Oh, bye. (laughs)